0: I am Connor McLeod of the Clan McLeod, and I am immortal. am I'm a dead guy named
1: Nash. You talk funny, Nash. Where are you from? Lots of different places.
0: I am Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez,
1: chief metallurgist to King Charles V of Spain.
0: Everybody's got their
2: problems. You're alive. Why didn't you die? Hey, it's a kind of magic. Hi, I'm Candy.
1: Of course you are. Hello and welcome to Another Time Cloud, the only podcast to our knowledge to go through that wonderful 1986 film Highlander, scene by scene. I'm your host, Rob Daniel, and as always, I am very happy to say that I'm joined by my co-host and my kinsman, Mr. Rob Wallace.
0: And as always, it's an absolute delight to be
1: here. And I'm very happy to say... The Bobby Blue is joining us for another episode to discuss more Highlander. Bobby welcome back.
2: Hello mates <laughs> Thank you I love I love the way you say Bobby <laughs> Bobby <laughs> Bobby blue Bobby um I think I'll uh, just keep I'm gonna download that audio and just play it over and over and over every time I go to bed. Bobby, it's good to be back, you guys. <laughs> well, if you want
1: to set it as your ringtone, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> um, and uh, so regular listeners would have heard Bobby on the previous episode um, doing, it has to be said, quite a spectacular English accent. So we expect to hear a lot more of that this episode too.
2: Oh, I'll do my best. <laughs> that was not a good start. Um, but I will try. I will try and butcher your beautiful, beautiful English English language, you lovely, lovely people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just think there was a bit of passive aggressiveness in in there, but uh, that's fine. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, yeah, so Bobby is one of the co-hosts of the Wonderful Green Shirt podcast, which we'll be hearing a bit more about later. Um, And I was thinking, because we were talking to Bobby, she said that she'd been to London and she likes England. So I was thinking, what's the most English thing that we could open the episode with? And... I'm going to talk about the weather because it is very hot here right now. It is a quarter past eight. It's very warm in the apartment. It is. It's quarter past eight in the evening and it is 27 degrees, which I think is about 80 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh. And it's, I mean, to be completely honest, I'm in a kilt right now because my legs need to breathe. <laughs> yeah, Your legs need to breathe. Yep. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, <laughs> yeah. How about
0: you, Mr. Wallace? Are you Just to, to clarify... We are in the, currently in the same apartment, not because we live together in some sort of weird, odd couple situation, though that would be entertaining. Um, it's just because Rob's round mine this evening because he's moved back to London and it's very, very lovely.
1: Oh, thank you, yes. I am in the spare room, uh, so yes, Rob doesn't have to look at my gams. But, uh, but, Rob, are you, <laughs> but Rob, are you wearing a kilt as well?
0: No, though I do have a, uh, a trench coat in the immediate vicinity because tomorrow uh, I'm going to Comic-Con as Connor McLeod.
2: Oh, wow. Yes.
0: There will be pictures. I've got a, yeah, I've got a passable trench coat and I've got the, uh, the Diodora trainers that he wore the same trainer. Well, not the, literally the same, but the same model and make of trainers that he wore in the, uh, he wore in the film. And yeah, I'm just going to rock up. I'm not going to be bringing a sword because that's a bad idea. <laughs> um, but yes, I'm going to be turning up and yeah, looking vaguely Highlander-ish. My hair is looking <laughs> and my stubble are both vaguely in keeping. <laughs> so hopefully, uh, hopefully, yes, yeah, somebody will get
1: the reference.
2: I hope they do. Um,
1: and I'll be standing next to him, just taking pictures, saying I'm I'm not dressed up as anyone. I'm just here to to geek out at Comic Con.
2: Well, c- can't you wear the kilt and try and be a Sean Connery?
1: Oh, I could do yes. Could. I've suggested it. Though, last we
0: spoke, (laughs) Mr. Daniel is leaning towards the Kurgan. So we may have to get a Kurgan cosplay together.
1: Yes, that would. uh, But yeah, I need to get into shape for that, to be honest.
0: (laughs) I I think you could rock it.
1: (laughs) That's a very, uh, that's a very, very, either of the ones, either the one where he's on horseback and he's got the skull helmet and stuff, or the one where um, he's more like a Terminator look, that needs a, how can I put it, um, a better body than the one I've got right now. But with the 27 degrees that it is, it's great. It's like being in in a sauna. Just going to sweat those pounds off. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for global warming. Um, and because I don't think I've talked about the weather enough. Uh, Bobby, what's it like where you are?
2: Um, right now in Portland, Oregon, in the United States of America, It's um, we're having kind of a, a cooler summer. It's so I think it's about, sorry, I won't do the Celsius. It's about 77 degrees um and that's probably gonna be the high for today so we're having a a much cooler summer although about a week ago it it hit 100 which was way too hot um but yeah uh portland and london are are very close on the same type of um longitude (laughs) (laughs) so we have very similar weather although we're not as hot as you right now fair
1: enough um, I also admire the geographical knowledge as well. It is far better than mine.
2: Well, that's because Portland, Oregon is known as the gray city. And then I went to London. And I was like, it's another gray city.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. The sky is the color of a battleship.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: I feel like I'm just, it's just a home from home.
2: Yeah. I felt, that's it. You know, I felt so at home as long as it was a little drizzly and depressing looking and, uh, and pale, palish looking people. Um, yeah. Excellent. Well, that means we're going to have to go to
1: Portland then, because that sounds like a nice place as well. So...
2: (laughs) You'll fit right in. Bring the kilt. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So for those that like to keep track, today we are looking at a scene and then the beginning of another scene. And we are starting at 1 hour, 27 minutes and 40 seconds to 1 hour, 28 minutes and 39 seconds, or one twenty-seven forty to one twenty-eight thirty-nine, And this is Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one. I have to apologise to our guests. So this is um, a scene which is a couple buying a newspaper from a New York Street newspaper vendor. Sports final. Cups released. Headhunter picture. Reward offered. Headhunter revealed. And then the beginning of the scene in the church with the Kurgan. This is when McLeod goes into the church and he lights a candle for Heather. For you, my bunny Heather. Happy birthday. It's a nice scene. Um, we'll see how much there is to talk about it. But uh, yes, so... Um, so, Bobby, what did you make of the scene when the couple buy a newspaper? <laughs> Sorry, I'll do that again. <laughs> so, Bobby, what did you make of the scene when a couple buy a newspaper?
2: <laughs> um... You know, they, they, they really bought it. Um, they sold buying a New York paper very well. Um, although I think that was actually shot in Toronto, uh, which is interesting. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, I believed every half second of it. It was, it was quite enjoyable. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, uh, Rob, were you, uh, did you buy into the um, verisimilitude of the scene with the couple buying the newspaper? I mean,
0: I don't know, I don't know, man, like, it was a bit hammy for me. I'm not quite sure if I would get choreographed, <laughs> but, you know, you know each to their own, you know, don't want to rain anyone's parade. Um, I thought
1: the husband was quite try-hard. He was clearly thinking it was show real, more than the believability <laughs> of the scene, I thought.
0: Yeah, it's a, uh, I mean, well, we've got the, uh, <laughs> obviously, we've got a newspaper vendor, another vendor, uh, in this case, outside the Sheraton Centre, uh, which is presumably the Sheraton New York Times Square, which is 10 minutes walk from the St. Regis, which is where we last saw and last see Moran and Bedso. So this could have been shot the same day, Mm. Mm. which is, you know, just efficient, efficient second unit stuff around Manhattan.
1: Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, I did look at the. When I was, I was wondering if you didn't like the newspaper and you tried to take it back, if you could return to vendor. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Although
0: you've given me a reason to include an insert from the Elvis Presley song, which might finally get us issue with our takedown notice. So we'll find out.
1: Yes, indeed, because it's amazing how much Queen you can put up. And if you're not making a profit on the podcast, then you don't get told to take it out.
0: We've sampled some Queen.
1: We have sampled some Queen. And now we're going to do Elvis. Um... Return. Send her.
2: To send her. But, no, but not the Queen, the Queen Elizabeth II.
1: Oh, not Her Majesty.
0: Oh, now, oh, I hadn't even thought of that. Oh, maybe we can, I don't know what we'd sample her saying.
2: You've got a little bit of time left. I mean, she's almost out of there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> she's, she's getting on. She's getting on. <laughs> she's, she's an old woman.
2: I think she's, tr- she's trying to take one for the, for the country and all the Commonwealth, uh, to save you all from her son. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to keep holding on.
0: I do think when she goes, we need to have a serious conversation about whether or not the monarchy has any value in the
1: present day. Oh, we can have that conversation now. (laughs) No. Bobby, Mm. do you think the monarchy has... (laughs) Bobby, what are your thoughts on Prince Andrew?
2: I think... I think think the monarchy is quite important to many English people. (laughs) Um, But no, I mean... I mean, it costs you guys a lot of money. Two, it seems like the grandchildren are, are kind of making their exit in a way. However, who am I to judge? You know, you have a monarchy. We have an oligarchy. <laughs> I mean, tit for tat. Uh, I, she has beautiful... I mean, I don't know. I kind of like the um, the ornateness of the monarchy, but it seems to me, yes, a little, a little outdated.
1: And because we're always told when we kind of say oh, is it really worth having the royal family anymore and they are a bit of a drain on the state purse and things like that and everyone always says tourism tourism would you get any tourists if you didn't have the queen can i just ask you if we didn't have a royal family would you still come to look at the palaces anyway because we'll keep those
2: mm. well as long as the funny looking guards are still there. Yeah. <laughs> that's I mean that's why I Oh
0: yeah, we're not getting we're not getting rid of the funny <laughs> looking guards. We're not getting rid of the beef eaters. I mean as
2: long as there's a beef eater, I mean that I mean it's Buckingham Palace is beautiful when I visited, but I couldn't wait to see a beef eater beef eater. I mean, truly. Um it's not like I'm gonna see the Queen, so
1: I was walking past the palace today and the Beef Eaters were in a marching band. They were actually playing instruments and heavens was there a crowd for that.
2: (laughs) Wow.
0: Presumably specific Beef Eaters were playing musical instruments, like like Beef Eaters that for some reason, for whatever reason, had training in those musical instruments, not just like a Beef Eater turns up and they get handed a tuba.
1: (laughs) It's like good luck yeah they weren't they weren't have a go heroes no. what
2: can a, what kind of pay do beef feeders make or are, are they is it a good salary I I think it might be because you have to
1: because you can't just be a beefeater I don't think I mean I could be getting this completely wrong but you have to have been in the army and worked your way up through ranks and I think they're kind of I mean as far as I'm aware they're, they're kind of special forces um all that kind of training that they've got but Mm. To be honest, I don't actually know. Rob, do you know how much a beefy earns
0: this? What what a bee salary is? Mm. Yes. Um apparently the starting salary is about, about
1: twenty five thousand pounds a year. Really? It's nothing. Yeah, it's not it's not a lot. Wow. Well I could be completely wrong then that uh that there's supposed to be special forces because oh, that's not much not much money. Um Aww. but they can expect to get around thirty thousand pounds with allowances. A king's ransom. Um Yay queens ransom yeah. a you're working for the
0: queen i don't know how this works um i also don't know what your obligations are in terms of yeah
2: it's too bad they can't take a quid for every photos taken of them then they'd make some real money
0: <laughs> yeah you see that would be but they, they, I think they'd probably consider that cheapening, cheapening the office of man wearing silly hat. Um, <laughs> yes, they would. In all fairness, any of these people they could would. absolutely stomp me into the ground. So I, it's very easy to say this on a on a Highlander <laughs> yeah. podcast. They would, could, and it's fun too. <laughs> it's, it's fun too. Though, with zero consequences to to date.
1: No comeuppance. No comeuppance. Yes. No comeuppance. <laughs> yes.
0: If, if 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 I get stomped by a beef eater, Rob, please insert into the editing because you'll have to take over editing. Rob Wallace met his comeuppance. He
1: was stomped by a beef eater. <laughs> he, went, he ate the beef. Um, was, richly, was richly deserved. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. To teach you like another Britishism, Rob received a thoroughly deserved shoeing. Shoeing. Yeah. Shoeing.
2: Hmm. Okay.
1: Shoeing is when you've been. Is when you've been kicked okay. to the ground because <laughs> because you've been a bit cheeky, um, yeah. So that was an interesting little sojourn into feeders. Uh and I think you're right. If they were to um, to get a pound for every photo taken of them, then by the end of the month, they would all just be living on their own island,
2: <laughs> the beefeater island, if you be feeder island, yes.
1: <laughs> and because
0: uh, I mean, you'd assume that I mean I haven't done any research into this because. It would have seen beef eater is ironic because obviously the French, it's a pejorative phrase, the British were referred to as roast beef. Mm. With the inner. So again, presumably we've embraced that ironically at some point or not ironically. I I'm always a little bit rusty on the British state's grasp of irony. Apparently, we, apparently we have a very good one, but I do sometimes
1: doubt that. <laughs> yeah, I think, that's, I think it's just that we don't say when we don't understand something, and everyone just thinks, "Oh, they're so clever and ironic." But no, we're just being quiet. Discreet. Yes. Discreet. I'd be discreetly fit.
0: You're, mis- you're mistaking discretion for irony. Yes, that's.
1: <laughs> um, although I do love the fact that roast beef is a pejorative when, yes, yeah, so your pejorative to us is a delicious meat. I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> your pejorative to us is, is a delicious meat. <laughs> Anyway, so um, so back to the couple buying that newspaper. Do we think that they enjoyed the New York Post? Um, but it's the Wednesday, April third,
0: late edition, which is uh become relevant later because it's the it's a day after uh, us having seen um hmm. us having seen Moran and bed. um, with a, the sketch on the front, uh, presumably dictated, presumably dictated by Kirk. Well, described by Kirk Matunis. It's not a good likeness.
1: Yeah. What did you think of? Of the artist's impression, Bobby. Did you think that was? Um, would you have spotted the Kurgan from that?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's a it's close enough uh, resemblance, but it it did kind of look like um like a high school first year art student did it, or um yes. <laughs> some kind of. Where are the cheekbones? <laughs> I mean, like yeah. the first thing, like you'd think,
0: you know, even if you are admittedly speared by a massive blade an enormous blade sticking out of your gut, you would have like a, my God, this man's amazing cheekbones. <laughs> I mean, like, and, you know, there's no denying it. You know, Clancy Brown, uh, you know, amazing, amazing cheekbones. And, the, you know, just, the sketch does not do that justice. It's just not a particularly good likeness. It's just a bit heavier set, although, you know, then again this is coming from a guy who has been stabbed with a sword picked up with a sword and thrown with a sword then experienced a massive electric light show <laughs> so you know maybe he's he's not the most reliable witness although good on Moran and Bedso it's a step in the right direction it's probably the best thing they've done during this investigation they mm-hmm. have a they have an an image they have a sketch <laughs> of the suspect although the headlines very much saying this is the murderer which again <laughs> there are there's a court of law
2: right i mean he he looks like 99 percent of people in new jersey but you know um <laughs> i mean he looks like quite a lot of new yorkers
0: it's, it's funny you so. should mention that in the most recent episode we talked quite a lot about new jersey because in the scene with the cops at the um pretzel cart there's a an extra who bears a remarkable resemblance to uncle junior from the Sopranos. Hmm like a startling this like a random not even an extra a rubbernecker, a new yorker a wow. new york native who is just there because he's realized they're filming and just thought fuck it i'll hang out and he's literally just leaning against a lamppost in a scene where um <laughs> moran played by alan north and the vendor T- tony played by damian leek are, are chatting and he's just he's just in the background he's just the third person in that shot that may
2: have he calls me at two o'clock in the morning. I, mean, I don't even answer the phone anymore. Hey, what does baffles mean?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, this is incredible.
2: I'm gonna have to go back and look at that.
1: Yeah, dude. he is screen left, and as soon as you see him, because he actually stops, positions himself, and then leans so that he could enjoy the fact that there's a scene being filmed, and he looks directly into camera with a big smile on his face the whole time, <laughs> and it's. Like, oh, Uncle Junior from The Sopranos has just decided to watch Highlander being filmed. But
0: <laughs> well, apparently there's been a reward offered. So we know that Moran and Bedso are going to spend a lot of their future uh, fielding out the Cranks, <laughs> who are just calling up to kind of, you know, offer their five cents worth. Uh, the newspaper vendor oh, yes. is an actor called Lewis Gus. Who, despite a reasonably small, you know, very much uh, supporting uh, artist role in this, played Don Zalucci in The Godfather. He's in Moonstruck. He's in Find Me Guilty. He played mobsters a lot, and he's yeah, he's got his own Wikipedia page. Okay, he's in, you know, and here he is playing uh, unnamed newspaper vendor. So Louis, Louis Gus.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to start somewhere, right? Uh, or is this after the Godfather?
0: Well, no. This is this is well after the Godfather. This is like in the vicinity of, if not after, Moonstruck. It's before yeah, this... Find Me Guilty because
1: that was
2: yeah,
0: um, right. Vin
1: Diesel.
2: Okay, well, you have to end somewhere. <laughs> he,
1: this would have been about a year before Moonstruck, but I wonder if on that day he was thinking, "I was in the Godfather, and now, <laughs> and now I'm i a glorified extra selling a couple of newspaper." Um, oh well.
2: You know, there are no small roles though, right?
1: Only small actors. That's right, yes. That's exactly what he was thinking. Uh... Like...
0: <laughs> Although, I'm looking at the Godfather wiki right now. He gets a close-up in... The... Oh my god, he gets... He doesn't just get a close-up in the Godfather. Don Zalucci is the guy who gets the I don't believe in drugs speech. Oh, wow. For years I paid my people extra so they wouldn't do that kind of business. Wow. He gets, so he has a speech in The Godfather. He has proper dialogue.
2: I also don't believe in drugs. For years I paid my people extra so they wouldn't do that kind of business. Somebody comes to them and says, I have powders. If you put up three, $4,000 investment, we can make 50,000 distributing. So they can't resist. I want to control it as a business. To keep it respectable. I don't want it near schools. I don't want it sold to the children. That's an infamia in My city we would keep the traffic in the
1: dark people to college. They're animals anyway, so let them move their souls. Well that just shows what a what a roller coaster the acting profession is. Like wow. He has like
0: he has memorable if very racist dialogue in The Godfather, although he's not—he's not—he's not a leader of the five families, <laughs> so he's not—he's—he doesn't get assassinated
1: in the Baptism of Fire scene. So, but he does have memorable dialogue here as well, which is, "Get your latest newspaper, read all about it." Barge final, cops released, head on a picture, reward oh, offered. offered. Reward offered. Reward offered. you. Robbed at the Oscars. So. Um... <laughs> Uh, so, Bobby, is there anything else to say about this scene before we go into the church? <laughs> <laughs> right. So then, so we're just going to start off the scene where McCloud meets the Kurgan in the church. Now, this is a church that's actually very, very close to where Rob and I are recording this, isn't it? What's the name of the church again, Rob?
0: Well, it's, it's pretty close. It's um, Saint Augustine's Church in Kilburn. I've tweeted at them to say is it alright if we come into the church to record a couple of episodes of the podcast? I haven't heard back from them. If I don't, I will assume it's okay to record in the grounds.
1: Yes. Um, yeah, just one of those things where it's like, if if it's okay, give me absolutely no sign right now. <laughs> and then I'll do it. Because <laughs> I think that's how religion works anyway, right? So that's fine. Um, but, uh... Dear Lord, so here's the deal. You freeze everything as it is and I won't ask for anything more. If that
0: is okay, please give me absolutely no sign. Okay, deal. (laughs) And um, I mean, by what Russell Mackay, and Russell Mackay actually talks about it a bit on his director's commentary, uh, the fact that, yeah, they they were only really able to record there because it's a major church in North London uh, because the church was, at that point in the mid-'80s,
1: chronically short on money. Mm. Yes.
2: Oh, that's sad. It's such a beautiful church. Well, that
1: was going to be my next question. Um, So... But yeah, this is clearly, well, this is an English church. They're supposed to be in New York. and But yeah, did you, when you came over here, did you go into any churches? Or yeah, what do you think of English churches?
2: Um, I mean, Westminster Abbey. I, I mean, I, I went in and saw, you know, Sir Isaac Newton. Um, I don't remember. any. How's he getting on? <laughs> you know, he's, he's not aging <laughs> that well, but um, still beloved. I I spent, I didn't actually go into a lot of churches. Unfortunately, again, I was hanging out with young people in the early 2000s that just kept taking me to kind of American pop clubs. So, no, they
0: were. (laughs) Young people in the early 2000s suck.
2: They were I mean, if you're listening, Lizzie, I love you, um <laughs> I hope you've grown up a bit and you're doing some more culturally cool things, um but actually, and again, I went there with her mom, her mom was the only person that would do anything um interesting. No offense, Lizzie. I love you. Um, <laughs> no, I, I just remember, yeah. Just that—that's the only church I remember, actually. But then I went to Italy, and you—you you just after like the hundredth church, I—I I thought I was—I had seen enough uh, Marys and Jesus. So I, that was too much. So, there's something in between, like the one church in England, and then the fifty thousand I saw in Italy. There's got to be some kind of in the middle ground there.
1: Yeah. So uh, I do like it the way that you came over, and. Did something that most Brits haven't done. Like I haven't been into Westminster Abbey, and I have not seen Sir Isaac Newton. So it's like, oh, that sounds really interesting. Oh, I really? I know it's terrible.
2: Well, shame on you. I know.
0: It's. <laughs> I mean, Rob, that's all. That's all very, very close.
2: Well. You you know, you should then at least make up for it. Let's go see St. Augustine's. It's it's open a couple hours, a couple days a week, so you could go see it.
1: Yeah, I
0: mean, we definitely... I mean, Rob, Isaac Newton. He invented gravity. He oh, did. love it. Of... <laughs> he did. He did invent
1: gravity and apples, I think. So, yeah, I really should have checked him out right now.
0: I mean, before then, things were just very floaty and lacking in apples. Do you want to go back to that world, Rob? Do you really? <laughs> no. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll cancel. Stop asking me this.
2: Is that uncommon for your people to go see things like Westminster Abbey? Is that uncommon? Yeah, it's one
1: of those things that, I mean, I only tend to do the touristy stuff when my mum comes to visit or something like that. So then we'll go to the Science Museum or we'll go to the Natural History Museum or something like that. It's like all this great stuff that's just on my doorstep and... Never really bother to look at it unless someone's coming to visit. I mean, I mean, Bobby. H- how often
0: do you go to? And this is based on my on my very quick Google of top-rated tourist attractions in Portland, Oregon.
2: Uh-huh. How
0: often do you go to Washington Park or Pittock Mansion?
2: I uh, I went to the Pittock Mansion um, two years ago. Um,
0: <laughs> I mean, that's that's pretty that's pretty reasonable. Uh, I mean, that's like yeah.
2: Washington Park. I mean there's so many other parks I mean that's why I don't go there that often I'm also avoiding downtown right now portland's not doing that great um but you know I like that you tried to throw that back in my face you got another one I got I can you know I mean portland's also much much smaller portland japanese garden oh shit um
0: <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing that as toast from the tv series uh, Toast. I-
2: I have only been there once in my life. That's, that's, okay, that's fair. That's fair.
0: But you've still been there, though. Portland Art Museum.
2: Oh, man. I can't remember the last time I...
0: The Oregon Museum of Science and Industry.
2: Oh, OMSI? (laughs) Absolutely. A couple years ago, OMSI is great.
0: I mean, okay, you've got an acronym for
2: it. So, like, you immediately, that's just, you just win the Oregon Zoo. Oh, um they do uh they do a summer concert uh series so i went there and saw a concert um a couple years ago too so yeah i mean see i get out and about i mean but also remember i mean london is huge um portland doesn't even have a million people so
1: <laughs> also i um i do love the fact that you're going to be asked what was it like when he went on to another time of cloud yeah it was fine they grilled <laughs> me about what i'd been to see in portland <laughs> <laughs>
2: What's that going to do? No, I deserve it. <laughs> how dare I? How dare I throw Westminster Abbey in your face? That's not fair.
0: Although apparently I'm getting a lot of recommendations for Powell's City of Books.
2: Oh, that's a uh, worldwide well-known. Um, I think it's the largest used bookstore in the world. Oh wow. Um, that's wow. that's a that's a good place to go. Absolutely. You guys, you got to come to Portland, Oregon. I, I will take you to the Japanese Gardens. We'll go to OMSI. I will take you to all the brew pubs um
0: oh that all sounds that sounds absolutely perfect <laughs> amazing because yeah i'll
2: take you to a football game and i mean soccer for americans uh, you know <laughs> I'll, I'll i would i would absolutely show you the the town
0: oh that'd be that'd be fantastic like that is definitely something to get me back to uh america and like yeah because um uh, rob d and i uh did the uh visited hay on a few oh last year in um in wales and that's kind of the uh the secondhand book capital of the uk got the hay on y book festival every year oh. and that was really cool that was really good fun so yeah
2: wow and you know and when i next time i'm in london i'll also take you to westminster Abbey. <laughs> yeah,
1: please do. i think it was a guided tour she knows so much about it um, yeah. it would also be great to go to america to go to a soccer match having never been to one in england
2: um, really yeah oh man
1: i think the
0: only soccer match i can ever remember going to was um Nottingham City, I think it was, versus my who are now my local team, Millwall. Oh wow. Now, Bobby, I don't know if you I don't know if you how familiar you are with soccer, but <laughs> if you've ever seen a football hooligan movie, chances are it was Millwall. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. that is that is my and currently my Rob D's local team. It's the stoop. They are our local team. Luckily I don't care about football one way or another. But they're my my experience of Millwall fans, then they're, they're not great they they kind of they kind of (laughs) suck
2: okay all right but you 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 mentioned you're into rugby though
0: i do like rugby like i know in all fairness like i'm not the biggest i'm not the most knowledgeable rugby fan in terms of the squads but i i used to play and i i loved playing it Mm -hmm. and my sister is very much involved my sister works for the uh, rugby football union and she's awesome and she's kicking ass at that and i'm very proud of her
2: oh that's amazing what are you a cricket man or something?
0: I, I'm not a like I'm not a big sports person. I'm more of those like okay. I like sports that I can play because at least then I get. But like my, in terms of my my brain for trivia, my brain for trivia has already been colonized by by film <laughs> and TV and theatre and literature, and I just I just don't have the
1: headspace.
2: Well, I think yeah. you've used your bandwidth in the correct way. So absolutely.
1: Um, so in the church, <laughs> <laughs> right. The church. <laughs> I love how well I'm keeping this all on track. Um but it's fine, it's fine, we're on a journey, we're on a journey. So in the church, we see Connor lighting a candle for Heather's birthday, which we assume he has done every single year, which is, I think, quite quite a lovely moment. Um For you, my bunny Heather. Happy birthday. But yeah, so so Bobby, on the previous episode you talked about when you first saw Highlander, you were just Struck by the French god that is Christopher Lambert or Christophe Lambert. <laughs>
2: hmm
1: So to give you the opportunity to talk about him, um, what do you think of him in this scene and in general?
2: Well, um in this scene, which is you know not not rich in dialogue, which is great, I I love I love how um how confidently slow he walks. <laughs> I know that sounds ridiculous, but he does have a presence in his um, his stance and his gait, and um, I found it really sweet. I don't know if that's because they're trying to also get the lovely shots of the church more, um, or extend the scene a little bit longer since where we end this scene before the Kurgan and him discuss and meet up. I mean, it's it's uh, solemn a little bit, it's, but it's sweet, so... I really liked it. Um, I wish I could have seen his like bright blue eyes a little bit more, but um, that's about it.
0: <laughs> and yeah, he right, you know, he says, "For you, my Bonnie, Heather, happy birthday." If so, her birthday is based on the newspaper in the previous scene, uh, April third. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, by coincidence, and obviously, he he references Ramirez for the first time in the in the present day. Actually, I, I do think the same with Heather too. And you, Juan Ramirez, <laughs> take care of her, you overdressed Which is really sweet. Um I mean I'm um, St Augustine's Church is you know I'm really looking forward to going there even if they you know we turn up with a podcasting very limited podcasting gear and they tell us to sling our hook um, I'm looking forward to visiting because it does have like it's got a wonderful but it's referred to as a wonderful example of the gothic revival architecture it was also used in the filming of young Sherlock Holmes oh. because in one of the early scenes um, a character the the reverend of the church is hit by a poison dart and begins hallucinating oh. and uh, he sees this knight coming out of the stained glass you know trying to kill him and apparently that the call Quote, this night is noted for being the first fully photorealistic CGI animated
1: character in any feature film. Mm, that's right. So that was in that same church? Same church. Whoa. Wow, they were throwing their doors open to Hollywood, weren't they? <laughs> 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 Please, we need the money, guys. Come on, you can shoot you as long as you want. It's a good scene, though, in Young Sherlock Holmes. I do like that scene.
0: Yeah, I think, I, I don't know why. I feel like we've referenced Young Sherlock Holmes in this podcast before. I can't think of the situation or the circumstance off the top of my head. But, you know, chances are. We've referenced just about everything at this point. Um... Yeah, Rob, we've had a clip
1: of Elvis in this episode. I think we've referenced every single thing. Um, but, <laughs> but yes, in terms of what Christopher doing, his slow walking, there is, there is something about it. You can see why he was cast as a leading man so much, because there is, and I'm sure it's not effortless, but he does just seem effortlessly cool, whatever he's doing. Mm. Even if it's just walking up to a candle in a church, it's like... He is very watchable.
2: Oh, my God. It, I mean, it's it's hilarious because he's not really doing anything, but um, there is something methodical about it, even the way he picks up the candle and lights it. He's very focused. I mean, he's he's nailing the scene in his quiet solitude. I I, I liked it a lot.
1: Yeah. Uh, and with Heather being born on the 3rd of April, that makes her an Ares uh, who, having a look at what, an Aries is um, so so. Their personality type is that um, so they think of themselves as a social rebel. I think there's nothing more socially rebellious than hooking up with an immortal. So,
2: tick. Mm.
1: <laughs> they always manage in some way to draw upon the resources of, of the status quo, however, in order to fund or support their iconoclastic aims. So, yeah. So maybe she was i don't know doing something yeah maybe she was like doing slam poetry or something and um and connor was huh. yeah connor was funding it through making the horseshoes this is all adding up um <laughs> they have a broad view of life and see themselves as citizens of the world yeah i can buy that i can buy that last part yeah well it's um yeah she did hook up with a guy who has an accent that often traveled around the world in one sentence so yeah that's great <laughs>
2: <laughs> right I'm an Aries as well, so I'd have to agree with everything you said. Oh, wow, okay, brilliant. Yeah. Um, when you said, when you, uh, I fr- I didn't even put two and two together about her birthday. Usually, as an Aries, we're, we're kind of, um, not selfish, but a little self-absorbed. So I'm surprised I didn't pick up on that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How about you, Mr. Daniel? What star son are you? <laughs> we are travelling many ways today. Uh, Capricorn, um, which I believe is the same as Jesus, but that's, you know, uh, Jesus and Joan of Arc, that's... Uh, <laughs> whoa whoa talk about (laughs) self-absorbed it's just i just happened to think of those two um so i was i was just born on on the same day as joan of arc and Rowan atkinson it's no big deal it's fine
0: i mean according to when i google my star sign which is um it's coming up from times of india Apparently, Geminis, I'm a Gemini, are flexible, extroverting, clever. So, apparently, I'm also indecisive, impulsive, unreliable, and nosy. So, you know, swings and roundabouts. Yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> tick, tick, tick again.
2: <laughs> Does anybody know Connor's birthday?
0: Uh, it's, yes. Well, no, actually, we don't. We know Russell Nash's birthday, which is October, but we don't know Connor's.
2: Right. Okay. That would make him a Libra, I think. I mean, Russell Nash, not him. Um, nah.
1: hmm. Um, So you're an Aries, the same as Heather. So are there any similarities, do you think, between you and Heather and the way that you've approached the world and your lives?
2: Um, (laughs) uh, I have read that, um, generally speaking, Aries are some of the best lovers. (laughs) Um, So I think, thinking back on uh, Heather and her relationship, that's probably why McLeod is really in love with her and still celebrating her birthday. He just can't get over it.
0: You can do that to me forever if you like, my lord. Will you, Connor?
2: I blossom.
1: I will. Yeah, not, I'll never get that good again. <laughs> good luck, Brenda. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, Brenda <laughs> better have an April birthday as well. <laughs> it's not
2: going to last very long. Don't worry, Brenda, you always have Rick. Yeah,
0: indeed. Aww. Oh. Well, according to the, uh, according to the, um, novelization, she also always has a bed. So
1: apparently they had a relationship. Ooh. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. She's got, she's it's fine. She's got loads. <laughs> yeah. So she must have an April birthday as well then. Mm. <laughs> See, we're learning so much unsubstantiated stuff on this episode. It's brilliant.
0: I, uh, I do love in this scene that obviously you got, you got the choir boys singing in the background. And, uh, um, and I know, I know Rob, you've got a theory surrounding this. When the camera cuts to them, um, one of them turns their head ever so slightly as if they're about to look into camera because they're all sitting
1: in profile. Yeah, I'm not sure I've got a theory. I just thought he was, he was going to say something to the person next to him. Um, did I have a theory? Well, around why he might be doing that because
0: they're potentially not singing.
1: Oh, yes, indeed. Sorry, yes, that's right, yeah. Um, yeah, basically... Oftentimes a background artist will be told if they're having a conversation or if they're singing not to actually sing, so that so they're not picked up on the sound that's being recorded. So the kid might have started singing and yeah, the kid might have looked at him thinking, always oh, he started singing. That is just complete speculation, but but um, <laughs> now going to have to have to find those kids who will now be adults, of course, and interview them to, to see if that was the case. Yeah, they'll all be adults of roughly. Well, they'd be in their mid forties.
2: They'd be Connor's age. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they
1: would be. Um, they'd be in their forties. Yes. So good luck with tracking them down, Rob, and let me know how that goes.
0: Yeah, I, I'll let you know, mate. I mean, at least at least they're all presumably Londoners, so yes,
1: and they will still be living here. Um so is there anything else to say about this particular scene in the church before we wrap up? I think that's it from me,
2: yeah, um, if you want I could uh I could go on about Lambert's walk more, but I think i I think I nailed that enough um yeah
1: <laughs> um, okay, so yes, well, um, well actually I thought that was gonna be quite a short episode, but unedited it's coming in at forty five minutes, so brilliant <laughs> <laughs> that's uh. There's always something to talk about with Highlander. There's beef eaters and uh, so many things. Um, okay then. Well, Bobby, thank you very much again for coming back for the second episode. It has been an absolute delight.
2: <laughs> thank you, gentlemen. I'm happy to be here. Happy to come back any time. If you move on to the sequel, Aww. you know, holler um, and uh, and I will. You are mates for life now. Thank you.
1: Oh, well. That is just lovely. And yes, we are going to be doing the sequel. So yeah, you are going to get uh, a digital knock on your door saying <laughs> your services are needed.
2: Brilliant. Cool.
1: And um, But ahead of then, if people wanted to, to hear your thoughts about other pop culture phenomenons, where could they do that?
2: Well, um, like I mentioned last episode, if, if uh, you want to hear the podcast I'm on um, and you like star Trek, the next generation uh, you can find that on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. It's called green shirt podcast. Um, it's a newbie's track through the next generation. So we're going episode by episode through the next generation um, or, you know, other than that, I don't have a lot of other personal projects going on, but if you just search for, Bobby Blue, you can find me. Um, just send a, you know, send a message. But call me Bonnie Bobby.
1: Bonnie <laughs> <Pony> Bobby. <laughs> Damn! How did we miss that open goal? I, my body, Bobby. <laughs> um, well, I would strongly recommend that people go and check out the Green Shirt podcast. It is really good. Uh, I and mean, I have to admit, I have not seen a lot of Next Generation, but I just tend to listen to it anyway because it just always makes me chuckle and it's really interesting.
2: Oh, you're sweet. Thank you. No,
1: uh, and there was one I listened to recently called an episode called Cause and Effect, the one that's got Fraser Crane in it. Oh, right. That was a good episode. Um, so, yes. Uh, and Mr. Wallace, how about you? Where can we find you?
0: Oh uh, Yeah, sure. If you're looking for me online, you can find me on Twitter at Robert M. Wallace. You can also find my writing at Of All The Film Sites, Mr. Daniel and I also host a, uh, another podcast that's more generally dedicated to film called The Movie Robcast which you can uh, you can listen to it wherever you're listening to this. You can also find that on Twitter at Movie Robcast
1: and yeah, I think if you've enjoyed this, uh, it's possibly worth a listen. Excellent, thank you. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Rob underscore A underscore Daniel uh, You can find my writing at filmstories.co.uk electric-shadows.com and lovehorror.co.uk. Uh, if you want to follow this podcast, it is at McLeod Time on Twitter. And if you've liked what you've heard, and let's face it, how couldn't you? Um, then you can rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts. It is always appreciated and it always helps the podcast. So thank you very much. And if you want to drop us a Highlander themed email, then you can do that at who wants to pod forever at gmail.com so again bobby thank you very much
2: my pleasure thank you gentlemen
1: rob thanks as always thank you and bobby could you take us out with a rousing rendition of another time mcleod
2: another time mcleod
1: nice that was a good one
0: <laughs> excellent